Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Friday, February 4th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is excited for All-Star Weekend. Yeah, always fun. I'd like to go to one, but I didn't go this time, but I'll still watch. I will, too. We're going to talk a little bit more about it today and uh, interested to see what Vegas does. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockdownFlyers. Keep up to date on our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we're going to talk a little bit more about the All-Star game that we started that conversation yesterday. We are going to talk about some promotions in the Flyers Hockey Ops Department. We're going to get into our midseason awards picks and wrap up with our gritty thing of the week. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Sports Network. So when we recorded yesterday's episode, I think it was literally within minutes of us hitting stop on the record button. The NHL announced that as a replacement for Alex Ovechkin for captain of the Metropolitan Division would be our very own Claude Giroux. Yeah, how'd we miss that? Like, that was bad luck. Yeah, it was. I'm so excited for him, though. Yeah, that's nice. He, I remember the game, the All-Star game in Ottawa. He was pretty popular because that's his hometown and all that, right? You know, Hearst, Ontario and all that. And and he really had a good time. He was really loosey-goosey. I hope he gets like that again because that would be fun. That Claude Giroux was a lot of fun. He is. And he has this dry sense of humor mm-hmm. that he breaks out every so often. You know, he tends to be pretty quiet and thoughtful but when he breaks that edge to him out I love it so much and with him being the captain he'll have to talk more I think than he would (laughs) otherwise and so I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he does on all of those interviews no it should be fun this is his uh, seventh all-star game and maybe if he's captain he'll have more of a choice about what competitions he's in and can make some of those decisions maybe So speaking of those competitions, we don't have a ton of information yet on who's participating in what. Uh, Apparently, there's fighting behind the scenes going on in terms of who gets to do the Bellagio Fountain one. So (laughs) maybe it'll Mm. be down to the wire. But in Fastest Skater, we have some of the usual suspects with Connor McDavid, uh, Kale McCarr, Dylan Larkin, uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Jordan Kairou, Chris Kreider, Adrian Kempe, and Kyle Connor. Yeah, I, I think of that crew. Like, Kairou's a, a very good skater. Not everybody knows him yet, but he's really good. He's not the slickest guy there, though. Kreider's actually deceptively fast. He's always been fast, but I think he's slowed down a little bit since he's gotten a little more bulked up over the years. Kuznetsov is fast. Connor is really fast, but I think McCarr could beat McDavid. 
That's why I'm I picking think so to. Too. That's why I'm picking to beat McDavid. And Larkin used to be rocket fast. I haven't seen him enough lately to say that it, it's the same. Yeah, I I'm kind of hoping for that upset with Kale McCarr winning the fastest skater over Connor McDavid, but you know it it always comes down to like milliseconds and mm-hmm. um you know who can get like the tightest turns. So we'll see how that one plays out. But yeah, I'm rooting for you, Kale McCarr. <laughs> Uh, in Flyers news, we learned that they made it official. Uh, Chuck Fletcher had hinted about this earlier, but uh, Alan McCauley got promoted from his scouting position to director of player personnel, and Tom Minton uh, was promoted from director of hockey information to director of hockey ops overall. Yeah, I think the Alan McCauley one is interesting because, again, I've talked about that there's been this slow infusion of L.A. Kings personnel. Uh, You know, Mike O'Connell was out there in camp, right? He was, like, consulting whatever they said he was. Uh, You know, we still have Dean Lombardi there. Dean Lombardi's been been here for years now, and he used to be the, uh, the main guy, the GM running the show. Now you have Alan McCauley, who was from the Kings, and, you know, pretty highly regarded. Kim Dillaba was also from the Kings. So uh, there's, there's a lot of kingmakers there. And that could be a way the Flyers go if, for some reason, you know, things don't go well with Chuck Fletcher. They could start moving in that direction. It wouldn't shock me. Yeah, uh, you know, I have different thoughts about this sort of thing because... I do appreciate promotion from within. I think that's a good thing to have, you know, ways for people to move up in the ranks because it keeps people productive and hungry within the organization because if they know that there is room for growth there, then it I think it helps productivity and it helps job performance, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it feels like this team and the organization is stuck in a rut. And you want to get new voices and new perspectives in the room as well. And so, you know, I understand that they could bring those voices in potentially at lower level positions. But I also think in leadership, it just feels like a a hockey guy's club, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That there isn't, you know, a lot of like fresh ideas about hockey. They have built out their analytics department, but again, You know, it's not, I think, some of the outside sources that we've seen people do innovative things. It's all very, you know, traditionally focused, I think. Yeah, I would have to agree with you that I haven't seen anything or heard anything that is sort of revolutionary. And, you know, and Fletcher let us know that, hey, um, we did put a lot into these departments. And I always say, you know, it's quality over quantity. Quantity is not going to impress me. So... I do think you have a good point, but there's a lot of things that, you know, we'll never know about. And I have to sometimes hear through the grapevine as to how development's going, how this is going. Some things we can see, but most things we can't see. So a lot of things aren't very tangible for us to kind of like put our finger on and fans too. Yeah. And that's why it's so hard to say, you know, we can only say what we know, right? Or infer things based on on what we're seeing 
And, you know, especially with analytics, there's a lot of proprietary stuff going on behind the scenes with all the different teams. And so they're going to keep that hush hush on on how they're approaching things. And I just also want to see some creativity, especially because it feels like the team has been, again, in this rut for so many years that you want to see them do something splashy and different. It's hard to not look at for instance, what the Vancouver Canucks have done recently with their hires. Right. And, and you know, getting excited about internal promotions is not a thing that's easy to do, right? No, and, and I could speak to that. Like, I know Rachel Dory personally and have had many chats with her. We worked at uh, a similar company. We would always um, share ideas. I've learned things from her. So I get what you're talking about. She's, she's taught me a lot just in the last couple of years, different things to look at. She's very good at um, rating skating talent and, you know, the all, all the inflection and all the other yeah. stuff. Um, she did a lot of papers on that. I think she watched. I think she was at York University, something like that. And so, yeah, none of that stuff. I mean, I, when I was having conversations, I was like a sponge. I don't get that opportunity with anybody here. And nor, you know, maybe nor should I. But at least I know that what they're getting is great if the flyers maybe publicized some of their people a little bit maybe we would feel the same way but we can't because we just don't know anything yeah i think that's a good point that we don't hear from the team even if the team is just saying hey such and such is doing a great job here's a profile on them right you know for like an in-game entertainment piece be like get to know the flyers hockey ops department (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, I would have to think that the analytics department doesn't like the fact that when the team just dumps the puck in, 99% of the time, the other team's coming up with it instead of them getting it in the offensive zone. Like, tell me that that's not the analytics department and I'll give you a plus. Well, we'll see if either of these promotions uh, has any impact. I'm sure it will. And like you said, some of it we will see and some of it we won't see. But um I, I think it's worth keeping an eye on that department and how they structure it um, as the team tries to get out of the mess that they're in right now. If you're trying to get fit or eat healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, and honestly, sometimes they're even better. They make it so easy to stick to your plan because Built Bars taste so good, unlike other protein bars, which can sometimes be chalky or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but sometimes it gets so boring, but Bilt Bars are right there for you, covered in a 100% real chocolate. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Your typical Bilt Bar has 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And there's so many great flavors to choose from. I like peanut butter brownie, raspberry, and salted caramel. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Built.com to see what's new. And while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. Now make your next listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the NHL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. And I'm there every Friday. It's free and available on all of your platforms. 
All right. So we're at the all-star break and this is the time where we kind of look around the league and say, who do we think might win the end of season awards? And I think for some of them, there may be some obvious choices and for others, it'll be more of a conversation, but Russ, let's start with the heart trophy. It's interesting. You know, some of these awards I do get to vote on being in the uh, professional hockey writers association. And then some you don't cause the GMs get to right. vote, but um, I do, I do really enjoy doing it and I do put in a lot of work. So I'm not like the baseball guys. I don't leave anything blank. I would never, <laughs> it, it takes me days and I, and I won't, I, I just don't do that. I just, I just think it's a high honor, but I love doing it on shows too. So I am going to say Igor Shesterkin and, and here's the, the case I'm, for the heart Ooh, and here's the okay. case I'm going to make. Now I've covered a fair amount of, uh, NHL awards ceremonies and the first one i covered i think it was the first uh jose theodore won it if you remember so shesterkin has a 937 percentage nothing to sneeze at 2.10 goals against if you still care about that i still think it's more of a team thing but here's what i look at a gsaa and the gsaa is 25.7 hmm Leading the league. Now, here's just an example. Last year, he was a 7.9, and the year before, he was a 9.3. He's at a 25.7. But I also watch a lot of games, and I don't know where that team would be without him, honestly. it's. I mean, it's a good case. I just think that it's such an uphill battle for goalies to win the heart. It is, but I watched it happen. It can happen. I think my pick has to be Alex Ovechkin. I think he just, you know, he's in the top five in points right now. He's at the third in goals with 29. And just, you know, to be in those advanced years as an NHL player and having such a huge impact that I'm not sure that there'd be anybody else on this planet, we would be having the conversation of him potentially breaking Gretzky's record at this age. Like there's nobody else that we think could even approach it. Um, But the fact that that conversation is still happening, I think is a big deal. And he's made a huge impact for the Caps this season. They're having like a much better season than I think a lot of people predicted. And he's a big part of it. He's pretty good at commercials too. (laughs) All right, let's uh, jump over to the Norris Trophy. Norris Trophy's tough. I think, honestly, there's going to be play, and, and I did this, I did a poll on Twitter, and I kind of knew the where, where the poll was going to go, but I think it's going to be a two-defenseman race. I still would give it to Adam Fox, because when you look at the Norris Trophy and you look at what it is, it is not a strictly offensive trophy, even though... Fox probably still has more points than McCarr. McCarr may get 30 goals and like set the goal record for, for defenseman. I acknowledge that. But Hart, but Fox is the better all-around defenseman too, and that is part of the award. So based on that, I would give it to Adam Fox. I think you're right that that's where the battle could be, although Victor Hedman could probably make a case for himself as well. But And I, Yossi. Yossi will be in the, in the, yeah, in the mix. Yeah, I just think that people tend to think more offensively now with this Mm -hmm. award than maybe they should. So that's where I think Kale McCarr gets the edge 
mm-hmm. least based on what we know now. But I think I don't think you're wrong that Adam Fox is deserving of it because I think his play on both ends kind of elevates him a little bit, like you were saying. All right, next up is the Calder. And I think this one's going to be pretty spicy this year. This is going to be spicy. Uh, it's not settled, which is great. I, I always love it. And I am right now, if it stopped today, would give it to Moritz Sider. I think he's third in scoring. He is doing everything. For Detroit, he's playing in the number one D role. He's on the number one power play. He's got something like 29 points. He barely makes any mistakes. Uh, as a as a rookie, that's that's pretty tremendous. There are plenty of others, and there's some players that I really like, and then there's some even some hidden gems in there. So it's going to be very close, but. Cider is the one for me. After you name yours, I'll mention some of the others because they're worthy of mentioning. Well, I think that if it's going to be one of the two Red Wings rookies, it should be Cider. I think, you know, Lucas Raymond may get more points in the long run, but Cider, you're right, has a much bigger role on the team and does much more out there, I think, than Raymond does. So of those two guys, definitely would want to give it to Cider. I also have a special place in my heart for Anton Lundell. Mm-hmm. I just think he's having a tremendous season. And I think as far as impact goes on his team, it could be, you know, especially because it's a much stronger team, right? Yeah. That he's given more opportunities to be in positive situations, let's say, than the Red Wings guys are. So that could give him a little bit of an edge as well. Well, the plus 25 or whatever that number is for him is a lot has it's, to do with the team. Yeah. But he is a really smart player. He's one of my favorite um, rookies in this class. I mean, he gave me an amazing pre-draft interview that I think changed the way it, a lot of people looked at him as far as goal scoring. And, you know, and he can score goals. He's got 10. But the biggest thing he's got going for him is something that you really have to dig for. He is the Florida Panthers' best penalty killer as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Like, he is the number one penalty killer. That's a rarity. We saw that in Sean Couturier, right? But you don't see that very often. It doesn't happen very often. And he is scoring points, too. So he's definitely going to be in there. And then, like, the hidden guy is Tanner Janot. Like, Tanner Janot is is that guy that almost has come out of nowhere. And he's got, like, 27 points. I just wrote about him. The article will come out in a couple days. So I'm schooled on Tanner Janot. But... You got to remember, we didn't think much, or most people didn't think much of the Preds this season. And his 14 goals have helped them tremendously, plus the fact that he's, you know, able to fight and and he's a hard checker. He's had a big impact for them. Yeah, he has. Uh, That's somebody, you know, obviously I know about him, but I hadn't really thought about him in the award conversation. But there was a fair point to be made there. All right, moving on to the Vezina. So I think I know where this is going with you based on the heart conversation. Yes. <laughs> it's Igor Shesterkin again. Yes. I am 100% with you there. I think that Vasilevsky obviously will be in the conversation. Yes. Because he is that good. Tampa continues to play really well on his back, I think. And uh, I, I think that, you know, it could just be reputational. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that would be the only way that Shesterkin doesn't win this one. Yeah, and Jack Campbell will be in it, and maybe even Freddie Anderson. And but 
yeah, I, I just think Shesterkin's like even far and away from Vasilevsky this moment, but there's a lot of games left. There are. All right. Um, it's. I think this is one of the tougher ones to pick during this like midseason. But what about the Selkie? Yeah, this is tough. I, I am going to default to Patrice Bergeron because I've watched him a fair amount, and I still feel like if Couturier's out, he gets an edge there. I think there's some other good ones, but this is one that I probably have to do more research on, to be honest. Yeah, I'm wondering if Elias Lindholm gets some votes. Yeah, he was almost getting votes last year. I remember he, he was getting mentioned, so I, I certainly need to bone up on Elias Lindholm. I like the idea, though. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, the Jack Adams. Now, this one, and, and I have a really good specific reason. There's a lot of worthy worthy ones. Uh, but, and, and Dean Evison comes to mind, but he's not going to be the guy for me. It'll be Mike Sullivan for me because he's the only one out of all these coaches that knew going into training camp he wasn't going to have his two best players, and he didn't know for how long. He just knew that Crosby and Malkin were going to be out, and they were going to be out for a certain amount of time, and his goaltender was coming off a bad season, and yet, like I had said on previous shows, I watched them practice. They practiced like it was the Stanley Cup every day. They're super hard to play against on the ice, and the team now is one of the better teams in the league when a lot of people thought they weren't even going to be in the playoffs. So I got to go Mike Sullivan. Yeah, that was my pick, too. I think that you're right in terms of the beginning of the season, the big stars not being there. And then he just oh, like has always managed to turn nothing into something with yeah. that team. And I just think that's a much bigger accomplishment as far as this award goes than just having a good team play well. You know, another. Yeah, another like Dean Evison was another name. But like, could Andrew Brunette get votes or even win it because like he came in a tough spot, right? Like mm-hmm. Quenville's gone. He comes in and a lot of people were like, Oh, he's only going to be there a short time. And I actually defended him. I'm like, why? Uh, I, I don't know why this team would stop playing. Well, I think he's a decent coach. I don't know what he'll do as a head coach, but I didn't think he'd be replaced. And you have to admit, he's probably cleared the bar for all of us. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good option as well. We'll have to see, you know, obviously the second half of the season is going to be a big part of of this one. And I think, you know, the end of season results tend to sway the voting on the Jack Adams particularly. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that we've made some good predictions, but uh, lots more games to be played and we will see what happens from here. Yeah, and maybe a few of them will show up on the betting line. Bet online. There might be less football being played, but betonline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football, betonline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
All right, we're going to wrap up our week and head into the all-star game with Gritty. It's time for the Gritty thing of the week. And, man, there's some real interesting stuff going on with Gritty right now, uh, who is in Las Vegas. I'm sure we'll get a lot more content over the weekend. Oh, yeah. But before we get into all of that, uh, there was some stuff over the past week we could take a look at. First off, there was this TikTok where there was some sort of polar plunge challenge going on in the area where the all the Philadelphia area mascots showed up and tossed some ice into a pool. And Gritty just threw the entire bucket in there, like the ice and the bucket. The other mascots like dumped the ice out of their buckets into the pool. And it, I, yeah, of course, Gritty would just throw the whole bucket. Now, was this... Um, did this include like swoop? Was swoop part um, of it? I have to look at it again to see okay. who was there. I think so. Yeah, I um, would just say Gritty's got more. There's definitely than... the fanatic there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, even compared to the fanatic, like they're not on the same level of, I guess, dirt bagness as Gritty is. So it's expected from him. That's true. It's true. <laughs> Um, the next one comes from uh, Heather Berry, who's a sports photographer and always has great stuff. And she managed to catch Gritty at the game against the Jets, kind of taunting Connor Hellebuck. And um, it, it's always funny. I'm sorry. I just appreciate when Gritty, um, like Gritty is like going up against the glass and, yeah. right next to the bench. It's just hilarious. It was funny. And, and it, personal message to Heather. Um, please bring some of your chocolate chip cookies again. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't seen you in a while, but I'll come into the, uh, into the room and get them into the photo room, which I, I only go a couple times a year. So please, she's really good at baking. Yeah. Well, if her baking is anything like her photography, I'm sure it's all delicious. Um, the next one is Gritty giving the Jerus a send-off for their trip to Las Vegas to go to the All-Star game. And, of course, the Jerus went off in style in a private jet, and uh, it was very it was very cute. It was like Gritty had never been in a private jet and was, you know, doing all the Instagram kind of photos. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that, that was interesting. Uh, I was jealous, though, so I'll leave it at that. All right. And then lastly, our first bit of gritty content from Las Vegas. Um, did not expect anything less of our pal. And of course, gritty uh, getting together with the Chippendales and doing a little show <laughs> at the Chippendales show. Well, sure, Why because would? he's on that level. Why not? I mean, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Sure. But I appreciate that they made a, a classic Chippendales outfit for Gritty, you know, with the silver lame shorts and the bow tie. It was all it was all very classy. It's the same as Chris Farley doing it back in the day, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. All right. That'll do it for our Gritty thing of the week and for the show and for the week. We will be back again on Monday with our nemesis of the week. We've got some amazing content planned for next week, doing some deep dives into players and, and the team. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, stick around while we're still in this lull. 
As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks again for listening and have a great weekend. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.